Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. One of the definitions of launch is to start or set in motion. And every creative person has to do it. So what are the secrets to a successful launch? With eight to 10 hours a day, I was like literally emailing people one by one. I don't really check my numbers. You know, I don't really listen to the podcast. I'm able to do it again, but as a normal person. Welcome to Anna David's Launchpad. Hi there. Welcome to episode 294 of Launchpad with Anna David, a podcast devoted to launches, how to make them successful. This season, we're focused on authors. And this podcast is is the fourth name for the podcast, Who's Counting? If you're still listening, God bless you. If you found this because you're looking for a way to launch projects successfully, that's fantastic. Um, What's really exciting is I'm devoting a ton of time and energy to this podcast now. And it plays into my passion, which is learning about what makes for successful launches. This episode is an interview with Julie Reisler. Now, Julie's amazing. I met her because she came on a retreat I hosted with Ryan Hampton. Um, She's the author of Get Get a PhD in You book series. She's spoken at TEDx many, many times. She's the host of her own podcast, which is called The Youest You. Um, and, and she is fantastic. She, like previous guests, has done many launches. And by many, I mean more than one, by the way. And uh, has learned what works and what doesn't work. And just with like all the guests now, she gives her top three tips. So you got to stick around uh, to hear what those are. And there are show notes. Yes, if you want to uh, get her top three tips, find out more about Julie, all you have to do is go to launchpadpub.com slash blog slash Julie. So if you want to know, if you're thinking, um, I want to do books on my own, I don't want to work with a traditional publisher, what is the way to do it? Should I handwrite it with bubbles? You're probably not asking that. Julie did that, though. Uh, you got to listen to this episode. So uh, here you go with Julie Reisler. So recording. Okay, so you were just telling me you handwrote your first book. Yeah, girl, I handwrote my first book. I actually, I'm like staring over where I keep it. I not only handwrote it, I am not a linear thinker. So I actually went through every page. And this is going to sound absolutely nuts. I created like clouds, like bubbles, like three okay. I almost want to get it. It is so bizarre. Okay, so okay. I, I so I could write in the bubbles because I couldn't write on paper. Um, I had this whole process. I, I would you know meditate, light a candle, and, and just imagine talking to my younger self or somebody I was coaching. And I mm-hmm. made it this like sacred time. And so I hand wrote it. The first book I hand wrote it. Okay, <laughs> fascinating. Then of course you had to then input it. 
Oh my God. Right. Okay. I was like, you didn't publish a handwritten book. No, 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 no. I I just remember there was like two days in the summer. I, it took me a while to write it. And finally I was like, oh shit, I've got to write, I've got to type this out. Yeah. That was not fun. And I, that's why the second book, I did not do that. Um, but I can tell you if, when we get to it, I've started my third one and I can tell you I'm doing a whole new process, very new process. Would you recommend this handwriting with bubbles thing? I, for those who listen, who are creatives, who are not linear thinkers. And I mean, I am like not a linear thinker at all. So it's hard for me to write on lines. I loved it. It helped my brain just kind of, I don't know, it put it at ease and it was like joyful. It was fun. I know it sounds weird. It just helped me. So it's so the polar opposite of me. I I only can think on the computer. Yes. I I can only think by typing. Like I can't go and like brainstorm new ideas. Like, so anyway. Okay. So, so the first book you said, I'm going to figure this all out on my own. Um, You found a layout person, you found a cover design. Did you have a plan for the launch or were you just kind of, it was all a learning process? (laughs) Well, the, the way I talk about my business, everything is fueled by intuition. Like literally, it's just, we'll see. I'm going to know, see how I feel, see what the dates are. You know, like my first book was one seventeen seventeen. I, I'm very big into numerology. So I'm like, okay, sevens, ones. I mean, that's literally the, <laughs> right. like two years in. But no, I, what I did do, and I think this was, this was smart as I found, um, there was a woman in the area, in the DC area who had a bunch of books, beautiful books. She's um, got a, an amazing community. And I found the person who did her books. And so I connected with her. I found really good, you know, people to edit, to do. So I wanted it to be a really a beautiful, but also well done book. Um, and, and so I found the best of the best that I could find. Um, definitely went over my budget, but I figured this is, you know, this has my name on it. Um, it's, right. it's worth it. So, and then once I started to get those people together, I, I gave myself, I actually gave myself extra time to launch it, knowing I'd want that time to kind of get my team together, get the people that would review it. I mean, I'd never done this before. And so I was like talking to people, figuring it out. I mean, it was, you know, definitely felt like having a third child. <laughs> and so you didn't go to a one-stop shop. You, you figured yeah. each, yeah, which I think is, is hard, but educational. Um, definitely educational. Yeah. I, I would talk to, I did talk to a woman who did publishing. I'd hired her for like a few hours and realized I didn't, I didn't feel, I wanted to just learn what I could and I was happy to do the rest. Hiring in all these different people to put the pieces together, it worked. Um, it's definitely more work to do it that way, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, so, and so what was your launch plan? So my first book, the launch plan, you want me, I can share the first book because it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. I want to know for both. Yeah, for both. Okay. The first one, what I did was I made a list of probably 150 people that I felt were, you know, friends, supporters, had mentioned they'd be interested to review it, read it, share it. Um, I basically reached out and and created a whole like 40-day I think it was 40 days. I asked, and it was like 10 days before there was a whole strategy with Amazon. This was actually yeah. three years ago. So 10 days before I had my 10 day, 10 dayers, everyone for the 10 days before I had 40 days after. So it was 50 total, if I can do my math. And everyone agreed. I had it all on a spreadsheet, which for somebody who's like, <laughs> 
not super systematized. This was like big for me. It was hardly bubbles on a page. It was not bubbles on a page. It was a Google, exp- you know, Excel right. sheet. But I managed that and um, followed up with everybody, g- gave everybody a copy of the book. Um, they, I asked them to just uh, to make sure they could review it, leave, a, leave an authentic review, um, rate it, suggested hopefully they liked it enough to five stars. But I always say, you know, do what's authentic if it's not five stars for you. And I have a few people now, not yeah. that I know, but a couple oh, of yeah. So, yep. Um, and then I did a launch party on the day. Um, on the 17th, I had like 50 people. It was really fun. Actually, my my launch party for the first book was was really, was high end and well done. I just, I had friends that are um, podcasters and they they filmed it and video. It was just, we had a great time. Um, yeah. High-end Indian restaurant was awesome. Like good food, it's awesome. But wait, so, I want to make sure I understand this this launch group. You had them each review. You had different sections that were of people that reviewed on different weeks. So the way I did it the first time, not fully understanding. I mean, it. I had thought you need to have consistent reviews every day, and especially there's the pre-release and yeah. then there's the actual releasing. And so I wanted to make sure that by the time I released it on the 17th, that you you would go and see yeah. at least 10 to 15 reviews, which, yes. which did happen. I actually think it was more. I think I ended up getting 20 or 25. So the 17th, when you saw my book, it released, there were already a lot of reviews, yeah, which helped it, the yes. status of it. Um you know, did my research on the keywords. Um, I actually think, you know, I've learned in that, in that experience too. Like now I look at books and I'm like, oh, smart. That was smart to pick that really obscure keyword category because no one's in that. Um, And by the way, anyone listening, episode 292 with Dave Chesson, he is the world's leading expert on Kindle at Amazon keywords. And he actually has a product that nice. shows you how competitive the keywords are and how much money those books in those categories are making. It's amazing. It's called Publisher Rocket um, oh, for, your next, for your next book. Um, so, okay. So, so you have them. So I, I think consistent is smart. The way we do the launches is all the reviews for our advanced reader group go up th- three days before the book. Yeah. Yes. But I, I, consistency is important. Yeah. Absolutely. The second book, I did it that way. But the first book, I was like, all I know is what I was told and what I understood is you want it like, you know, the book it has, it, it, it's, it doesn't end after 40 days. I mean, I, if I could have done the whole year, I just did not plan 365, but I did plan. I think I had 40, 45 days planned. So I'd say 99% of everyone who signed up, it was amazing. They did, Are you like, serious? That's yeah. so rare. It's, I was so grateful. I, I sent like, I spent so much on like swag bags and gifts. I still have like all of these padded envelopes because I just sent everybody. I'm like, everybody gets a book. I was like, Oprah, everyone gets a book. Everybody and you gets- sent me a mug. I use it all the time. Yeah, so- I sent you. Right, right, right. That was book two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, the people that were really involved for book two, I'm like, we're going up. We're going to get, you're going to get mugs. You're going to get. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. If I could have done a Tesla, I would have, you know, yeah. but. <laughs> bribery works. It's not bribery. It's gratitude gifts. That's, really that's how I look at it. Totally. So, um, okay. And so then for the second book, you know, it's interesting because you and I kind of worked with uh, the same person who I worked with, with her on one book. and. Um, and followed some of the strategies, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. I remember one, um, there was create a bit.ly link 
for yeah. your book and give that link to all of your advanced readers. And then I looked into that and that's actually a terrible technique because apparently Amazon doesn't count reviews that all come from one uh, special link because they caught on to the fact that that's yeah. something that, that authors engineer. So what were some of the techniques that worked uh, for that second one and what didn't work? Yeah, I do remember there were some issues with people who had already left reviews. I, I don't know how to categorize them, but there were a few people who could not leave reviews. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because the Bitly or because they've already, I think, again, Amazon caught on, okay, this is a friend, this is your mom, this is <laughs> even, I mean, it wasn't actually my mom, but it was a couple yeah. people. That, yeah. Um, I think, you know, the advanced, the, uh, the reader team getting that together. And this time it was just more, it, it was much more planned. I had a whole email sequence. I mean, this wasn't like, you know, the first one I, I mean, I'm, I was doing like day by day by myself, like yeah. just here you go. <laughs> like, thank you. This was more planned out a month or two before I had the whole thing, emails planned out to the team. I, I asked you know, lovingly for, for readers and got, um, a really nice group. Um, and we did the three days, that three day of pre that pre-launch. Um, yep. so this time we only did three, not 10. Um, it was much more organized. Yeah. I had the book was, I'm trying to think what we used. Um, there was a place where you could upload the ebook, like you get in all different. Oh, variety. book, book funnel, book funnel. Yeah. yeah. Book funnel. Um, you know, it just felt more put together. I, for the second book, it was much more strategic. Um, I had links, I had worksheets, I had ways of bringing people into the community. I created a special video series um, for people that bought the book and something to under, to learn. This is kind of a little hack when you, you probably know this, but when you want to do a giveaway, like if you buy this book, yeah, you get this video series. Amazon, you don't actually need the order code. So when, the way I set it up was it, it, on good faith, hopefully people bought the book, but you could actually put in any number um, the way that it was set up on my website. And I, I don't know if it was the program I used, but it, it didn't track the book. You actually got the, the video series. So it was kind of good to know. <laughs> just okay, wait. So, so I, I don't actually get what you mean by order code. So people could go to your site. You would yep. say, if you buy the book, you get all of these bonuses. But yeah. actually, it didn't show if they bought the book because some tech went wonky. Is that... You so what happens is you would buy the book and you, you, you save the, the order code and then you have to put the order code in. So this I've noticed with other folks that do this, oftentimes, whatever it is in that system that says, okay, here's the order code. Now you get your, it actually doesn't matter what you put in there. I don't right. want to, I don't want to tell people this because I don't want you not to buy author's books, but I learned that. And I thought, okay, that way, what made me feel good about it is if there was an issue or a mistake with the code, they would still get the video and they would still. You know, it's interesting though, you know, like Robert Cialdini and all the experts on influence talk, yeah. um, about how people in general, it's not that they're good, but you give them something and they want to help you. That actually yeah. people don't go to scam that like an author to get their free videos, you know, that it's that totally. it's rare. Now, was was giving people free videos a good idea? And I just asked because for me, yeah. I hate watching videos. I wouldn't consider I even your lovely, amazing, I'm sure, videos. Like I wouldn't consider that something that would incentivize me. Yeah. So it's a great, great question. I, you know, it's, 
I like doing them. It was pretty easy. It does take time. Here's what I would say going forward with this next book. I will not be doing a video series. Mm-hmm. I'll probably do something more branded to what I'm doing these days, which might be meditations or some sort of um, you know, guided process. Uh, it probably be more audio. It might be a worksheet. I mean, you know, when you get into the to the videos, um, it takes time, energy, and and money to set that up. So yeah. I just think it depends on what your what your book is about and your community. Because if you're talking about how to be an influencer and on front of camera, like you should have videos. Right. If you are talking about, you know, um, feng shui and being a master of like, you know, feng shui, and you don't need videos for that. Right. You, know, right. you might show like Pinterest board. I, you know, so I think thinking a little bit of what your industry is, but I actually don't think I would do videos again. I wouldn't do it again. So what would you say were the top three things that helped with your launch that were the most effective? Yeah, I think number one, getting just the structure of this whole, the the dates and the process, the team, the emails, that was helpful um, Mm -hmm. in in working with this this woman. It was helpful to have kind of like to see it. Okay, here's the the sequence. Here are the dates that you're releasing. um, Here's who you're sending it to. Like having that like bigger picture and then breaking it down, that was helpful Mm -hmm. um, versus kind of doing it at the seat of my pants. It was a little bit easier having a, you know, I, at that point I had a virtual assistant and an assistant that helped me. So, right. so honestly, like getting support and help, I think mm-hmm. helped a lot. Having a little bit of a plan um, mm-hmm. that was tried and true. And yeah, I think offerings, um, you know, having something, like you said, something to, that I knew I was giving that was a way of thanking people um, that mm-hmm. felt authentic, a little bit more put together than the first time. Right, so, right. Yeah. And what have you, how has this book or both books helped your career? How have you used them to, to get the things that you want? Yeah. I cannot say enough about writing books. I mean, this next book, um, which I can get to in a minute, it, you know, new focus. And for me, it just feels like I must write it. It it actually feels like a calling. The Mm -hmm. the third one, the first one had that feeling to it. I, I heard for a whole year and I was like, what is going on? I heard this voice. It was like, you must write this book. And I'm like, oh no, I was very flowery writer. I always got told that, you know, and I'm like, well, hire a good editor. So don't, if anyone's listening, like, don't let your lack of writing skills right. get in the way. There's good editors. Um, it's helped- And there's people who will write your books for you. And there's people which I really strongly considered it. I, I'm not yeah. right now, but yeah, um, exactly. It has helped. It has opened so many doors. I mean, look, I've done two TEDx talks and both of them were around my books. I right. had probably over 20 speaking engagements. I, I don't know that I would have had that opportunity um, without a book, without a title. And, 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 you know, is it the best book in the world? I'd probably write it differently, but I feel like my heart's in it and it's, it's really value. It's, you know, good value. And it's, 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 it still is offering, you know, I feel like it's impactful. And so I've used both books um, for speaking engagements. I think it builds credibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, some of the things I've done, I don't know that it mattered with a book, but there is something when you can, you know, the other thing is there's two things. One, impact, you know, make a bigger impact. I have tons of questions and activities when people are like, hey, I'm in a really tough spot in my life. I'm like, and I feel a lot of, you know, shame and self-loathing. I'm like, seriously, I actually have a book on that. Like, right. 
And that's been, I had a woman who told me she, um, for the first time in her life, looked for her birth mother at age 33 after working through my, my, my first book. So like impact making, making a difference to me, that was, that was where I started from. And it also just, it just, I think it elevates your ability to make, to make an impact, but your platform, um, opportunities to speak, to facilitate, to, you know, I did a lot of, um, just some fun things, TV, like, um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, just, I think being able to, um, do workshops, work with, you know, influencer groups, it's just been, um, it's been such a win. So in terms of brass tags, how do those 30 speaking engagements, how did you use your book to get those? Did you, con- did you make a list of places you wanted to speak and send the book out? What did you do? Okay. Now this is like getting into my belief around a lot of this is more of what using kind of universal laws, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, some of it is a list. Some of it is, I'm just going to set the intention that I want this book to get out there. And I literally visioned it like, you know, putting it in the sky and being like, okay, universe, like make these experiences happen so I can help people. Um, So some of it was, you know, by, I did send the book to a couple people. A lot of it was through relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. When I, you know, we both know Hal um, Elrod who wrote The Miracle Morning and getting involved in his community. And then he actually endorsed my first one. That's a whole other story. I didn't even, I wasn't even part of his community. I just loved his book. Um, But that, he loved it. And so he shared it and then asked me to speak about it. And then other people would ask me. And so it just, it like snowballed in a positive way. So a lot of it was very natural and organic. Some of it was, hey, do you need a speaker? Um, The TEDx talks, I, you know, I applied myself. Yeah. Yeah. I applied, I nominated myself and I said, you know, these are the topics, but I also have books, you know, I have a book that goes with it. And I do think having that made a big difference. Yeah. But you can't sell your books at TEDx, whereas at some of the other uh, events you could probably, and they, they encouraged it. You would do a book signing afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I actually, one of the experiences that was really powerful, I worked with a company in the Baltimore area and there was about a couple hundred people. It was all about, I was so excited because, you know, at this very male dominated uh, company, they decided to do a whole day for men and women that work there on really like the, the ROI of, of self-awareness and investing in yourself. And so I came in, I did a three hour workshop and then I had a book signing. And so that was a great example. I've been doing a lot of that. I've actually done it with um, government, within the military a little bit, but, but with companies and, um, and retreats. And so, you know, it's a win, win, win because it, it does get my information and name out there. It also hopefully helps people and it creates like, you know, a, um, an experience. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say that I have done, I've not done this phenomenally well, but what I've done is found, you know, boutiques. Um, I actually am in the process of getting it potentially in Whole Foods near me, but just getting it nearby so that, um, you know, and that, that's amazing. I've had people connect with me. They're like, Oh my God, I didn't know you live in this area. I got your book when I was at Nest and I love it. So you know, being strategic, but also like, where are you in the community? What, where could that fit in? What, you know, individually owned places might take your book. And that's just been super cool because I've done a lot of signings and talks and workshops locally as well, which has been fun. That's interesting. Um, You know, I have two clients uh, who have gotten their books into 
six or seven bookstores. Now, that's not something my company does. And I have to say, I think on, on, for me, I have a weird, I get, I feel really rejected very easily, not about big things, but about things like that. Like I remember with my yeah. very first book, which was published by HarperCollins, going to a couple bookstores and they were just not feeling it. They were just like, yeah, whatever, email and, yeah. and no one ever responded. But I keep hearing people that have luck with that. Do you just walk in and say, yeah, hey, can you, would you be open to selling my book? So I've done this a couple different ways, actually reminding me when I did, I did a couple book signings for Barnes and Nobles and places like that. I did have a, um, no, I did not have, I worked with a PR with a, someone in public relations, but she did not do that. I did that yeah. myself. Yeah. I yeah. just walked in. I said, who's the person in charge of book signings? Connected with them, sent them a copy of my book. Yeah, I, I am definitely one that does a lot of the go in, meet you, like what's possible and then right. follow up. And I kind of feel like, if that's meant to be, it's just going to happen. And I, right. if they don't want it, they don't. Um, I don't know if that's the best philosophy, but it just it seems it keeps, to have worked. It works. It just keeps me unattached, and you know, this whole belief that it's if if it's if I'm meant to be there, then it'll happen. Um, but I, it does require some time. I mean, right now, I can tell you right now to get to Whole Foods, I know exactly what I need to do, where I need to meet this person, and it's a drive, and I haven't made the time yet. So, like, I've got to, you know, I've got to schedule that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because also being published traditionally, people have this fantasy, oh, you're, I want my book in bookstores. Well, my books were in Barnes and Noble for maybe a month or two. And yeah. then when HarperCollins stopped paying for that, they were yanked out. So in fact, wow. publishing on your own and approaching the bookstore on your own, you're going to probably, you're more likely to have your book in bookstores. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's interesting, and I don't know what this third book. I've thought about it. Like maybe we'd try a traditional publisher. I'm not positive. I haven't made up my mind with this one, but I will tell you what I love about publishing it on my own is the ability, you know, to do what I want with the material to use in any way. To if I want to take it to this vegan boutique place or to Whole Foods or you know give it out to the airline flight attendants because they're just awesome. Like I can do whatever I want with it. Right. Uh, right which I do carry them with me sometimes. Um, and I, I call it my like, <laughs> the like just intuitive gift. When I feel somebody might need a little pickup, like I'm just like, here you go. So I do give out books a lot. I mean, I have them in my car. I always, the people at the mail, <laughs> the post office where I send a lot of them, I've given everybody one there. I'm like, uh, everybody gets a book. I just, you know, I'm a big believer. Um, it just kind of sharing that, you know, sharing what you do. So yeah, it's interesting when I, I remember with, uh, even with excerpts with traditionally published books, they were like, you can only give out a thousand words. And it's like, you guys aren't even doing anything to support my book. Like, and yet yeah. you won't let me give out, you know, I would, I had Esquire that wanted to excerpt something and yeah. like, I couldn't because right. Harper said I couldn't. I mean, it was right. sometimes I felt like they were working against me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of freedom with, with, with publishing it yourself. And I do think, I mean, if you look at my books, um, they're, they're, I mean, I think they're really beautifully done. They're, yeah. they, do, they don't look, um, to me, they don't look like she just did it, you know, on the side by herself. I don't think so. I mean, I hired really, really good people. I'll tell you, I paid for it. It yeah. was not expensive at all. Um, 
Not I'm curious if you do it piecemeal, if you'll talk about some of the numbers, um, oh, yeah, you know, sure. finding the right cover designer, layout people, they think, oh, you can just get someone on Fiverr and have yeah. it laid out. Uh, and editors, obviously, can. that's the hugest expense if you're going to yeah. get a good editor. Can you yeah. talk about some of the... Yeah. I, I am one of those, my brain doesn't always remember exact numbers, but I can give Thanks. you a round of what it was for each one. Um, the journal was least expensive, which was awesome. That was probably, oh, I don't know, maybe 3000 total, which for some people that's like, that's a lot, but that compared. That's great. I think. The first book, I when I was all said and done, now, first time, the first editor I hired, I was like, oh, this is not a good fit. I mean, I yeah. had six editors in the first book. I would right. never, would that's not That's what will happen because a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, I edit books. And right. It's I like, learned. Really? Yeah. Do you, how much experience do you have? Yeah. Learned, learned really. And I now have two to three that I love that I would use for this next one, which is good. Um, I think all said and done, when I looked at everything, I spent close to $18,000 on my first book. Right. I mean, and I think that if you're going to get a book that's indistinguishable from traditional publishing, that's yeah. a great investment. Yeah. But, but, you know, and have everything done for you. But if you're not, that's, that's a lot. It's, it, it was, <laughs> I went into it like, I'll just figure it out. It'll work out. I don't know what the budget even is. I mean, I, I think originally I was like, okay, you know, let's do this thing under five or 10 grand. And then I just remember, I'm like, wow, I am way beyond, but I did it, you know, I did it piecemeal. It took me just under two years, my first book. Now the second book, very different. I wrote that book. So the first one I did by hand, the second one I wrote, I say, I wrote it all up in the sky. I wrote it in like seven air, uh, on seven flights mm -hmm. and from the West coast. I literally like banged out this book, um, within probably seven months. I just decided I had so much travel and I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. I know what I want to write about. I have a sense of it. Um, I was working with someone who was kind of helping me with the layout piece. Um, she was she was pricey, and I wouldn't probably spend that again, although it was helpful. Um, so that hiring someone to help me with you know that aspect again helpful. Just you have to take in consideration it's not cheap to do that. Um, and then I had you know the interior person and the cover person. I think the second one ended up being. Oh, I want to say like 17,000. I mean, it was like. Right. right and for writing it yourself, that's, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, so, yeah. but you know, I, I've had clients who have made hundreds of thousands of dollars as a result of their speaking as a, over yeah. time. Yeah, over time. Never from book yeah. sales. Never, never, never. Yeah. Let you, let's say that again. Cause that yeah. is. People need to know that. Yeah. I know. And, and people need to know that, you know, no. selling. 2,000 books is a lot of books. People yeah. think, I mean, I wouldn't say that's a lot, but like selling right. 10,000 is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I think that people who are not in this don't know that. They're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to sell 100,000 books. Yeah. That, I mean, so I have not had that yet. What, yeah. I will, what I will say, and it's actually more with my first book than my second. It's funny. I, so many doors have opened. And if I, if I, if I added up the speaking engagements and the opportunity costs and who I've met, I mean, I've definitely made back that money. Oh yeah. And yeah. you don't know the people, you don't know the other times you have the people who've hired you as a coach just because you had that legitimacy, even if they didn't read the book. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, so yeah, I think it's important, you know, how else is the book? 
gonna gonna yeah. help your career. Um, you know, this third one is a whole different category, and it's interesting. I don't know. I can talk about it or not if you want. Um, it, 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 well, me- I'll have you back on when you launch it, but briefly. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, so it's interesting. I, I would imagine most people that are listening or that want to write books kind of have a creative um, makeup, and I tend to you know, I'm constantly learning. I'm a lifelong learner. So right now I'm like, I just really want, I love my two books, but I really want to talk about this now. I really want to help people with their intuition and their soul development and more in a spiritual realm. And so this book, um, it just feels different. And I am actually, I hired a friend who's a healer who Mm -hmm. helps me to channel it verbally. So I'm, I'm doing it all audio and then I'm going to transcribe it. I've already started and then edit it and then put it out on like a big, on my floor and just start like moving pieces around. But this book feels very different. I actually feel like, um, it's a lot of stories that I've not told that are, uh, definitely more, you know, um, intimate's not the best word, but vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really want this one to be like that spiritual, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul type of type of book, and so just different feeling to it. And I'm going to do it verbally because I love awesome. Yeah, know. like a person, you know, there's like a famous guy, Paul Selig, I think, who channels all of his books, and he's channeling. He's like, this ain't coming from me, and he's like, I think a professor at NYU. He's not some, you know, yeah. weirdo yeah. in the woods. You know? Yeah. Exactly. You just get in a good space and like allow whatever comes through naturally. I mean, it's, it's, it's really natural. It's not a woo woo weird. I know it sounds it, but for me, it's more like, all right, let me get intention and just like really get deep and she'll ask questions. It's just been, it's been fun. I want it to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If it's not yeah. fun, then why are you doing it? Cause, yes. cause that shows. Yes. The more fun I've had with the book the more successful it's been. And the ones where I've ter- been tearing my hair out, they haven't done as well. Yeah, I totally believe in that. The other pieces, and for me with this one, I'm actually working through some of my own life lessons and I'm looking for this book. I'm looking for it to write me and help me. So yeah. it's really interesting. I've not done it this way before. I'm like not even sure yet what it's going to be, but I've set out, this is what I want help with. And I want this book to help me and then to help others. So it's just, it's been really freaking cool. Well, as someone who's never outlined, the only book I've ever outlined is the one I didn't finish. Um, <laughs> That's all, awesome. all of mine write me. It didn't occur to me that there was any other <laughs> way to do it. Yeah. I don't know any other way. Um, so, okay, Julie, this has been fantastic. Uh, where can people find you if they want to know more about you? Yeah, this has been so much fun. I, I love it. Um, the best, easiest way, I mean, my website is my name, Julie Riesler, R-E-I. I know it doesn't sound that way. Um, you know, I would say also Facebook, Instagram, all the social media channels, it's, it's at my name. And then I'm also on Insight Timer, which is a great meditation app with lots of um, meditations and courses and just stuff to like tap into your, you know, highest self. Yeah, I will tell you, if anyone doesn't know about Inside Timer, I also uploaded, I'm not a meditation teacher, I uploaded a meditation for writing on there. Nice. Anybody can do that. So yes. that's really, really cool. Do you know if your link on Insight Timer? Yeah, it's insight, yeah, it's insighttimer.com forward slash Julie Riesler. Very easy. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. Well, you guys, thank you for listening. And Julie, I can't thank you enough for this. It was super insightful. Thank you. So fun. Okay, hold on. I'm stopping.